This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Please be sure to subscribe and share with friends and family. To help support this ministry, please visit walkwiththeking.org forward slash donate. Thank you for listening. All right, thank you very much. And hello again, radio friends. How in the world are you? Doing all right today? Why, I trust so. Bless your heart. This is, of course, your good friend, Bob Cook. And you and I are back together again looking at the Word of God. And this time we're in Ephesians chapter 4. And we've been uh, getting into verse 6. One God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. Above all, that word uh, epi, E-P-I, means on the job, in charge, on top of. He's always on the job. He never goes off the job. He never pulls down the curtain and says, closed for the night, called me up in the morning. God is always there. Telephone to glory. Oh, what joy divine. You may talk with heaven almost any time. Built by God the Father for his loved and own, we may talk with Jesus on that royal telephone. That's the song my father used to sing after supper. I'd be washing the dishes as a high school boy and... Uh, my job, of course, was to get the supper ready, have it on the table by the time he got home from work, and then he'd eat. He never talked much at, at the meal. If I would try to chatter away about something that may have happened during the day, I can remember him looking up at me sternly and saying, Boy, supper is for eating. <laughs> that meant be still. But after the meal was over, he would leave the table and go over into the old rocker that was his prized possession and pick up a songbook and start to sing. That was the procedure most evenings. And like as not, he'd get around to that song, Telephone to Glory. Oh, what joy divine. Aren't you glad God is on the job? Yes, I am too. Then it's through all, little Greek preposition, dia, D-I-A, meaning through. He is in control. He has planned it all. He's working out his plans and he will complete the work, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He's through it all so that you and I can go through. When thou passest through the waters, they shall not overflow thee. Isaiah 43 verse 2 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley, we read there in, in Psalm 23, I will fear no evil. And God brings you through because he is the God who goes through. He doesn't leave you on the edge of the desert. He goes through. Well, then we came to this, this phrase, in you all. That's where we are now. Our Lord Jesus spoke of the blessed Holy Spirit. He said, he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. The secret of the Christian life is that God takes up his residence in a human being through faith in the Lord Jesus. The Holy Spirit of God comes to dwell in the believer's life, the moment of, of salvation, the moment of conversion. If any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his, Paul says. What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a price. Wherefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, both of which belong to God. That's 1 Corinthians 6.19, as you know. Now, he is in you all. The start of that in is the is conversion the holy spirit of god comes to dwell in your life when you open your heart to the lord jesus christ and so uh, you uh, 
you start with a continuing miracle, the secret that we preach among the Gentiles. Paul says in uh, Colossians 1, is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Um, a blessed open secret, you might say, to whom God would make known the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. When the New Testament talks about a mystery, it's not something you can't know, but it's something that you could not know before, but which God has now opened up. And so this is an opened up situation where God says, I want to live in you. And of course, you go over to 2 Corinthians, God says that he wants to dwell in you and, and walk in your shoes. I think that is such a beautiful passage, don't you? Have you looked at that recently? He said, I will... Uh, receive you and will be a father unto you and ye shall be my sons and daughters he says i will dwell in them this is second Corinthians six sixteen. i will dwell in them and walk in them and i will be their god and they shall be my people this has to do with the teaching concerning a separated life he says come out from among them and be separate and so when you do that god says i'll i'll walk in your shoes that's a beautiful, beautiful figure of speech there, and so true. There are some people that when you meet them, you're aware of the presence of God. When they walk into a room, you're aware of the presence of God. And that is the norm of New Testament Christianity. It dwells in you. And of course, then, anything that is worthy of eternity, he does it. Uh, Colossians 1.29 speaks of uh, working according to his working, which worketh in me mightily, whereunto I also labor. Paul said, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. Anything that God does, anything that's worthy of eternity, I should say, God has to do it. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves, uh, Paul says in Corinthians. Not that we're sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God who hath made us able ministers of the New Testament. God makes you able. Now perhaps I'm speaking right this minute to somebody who has just heaved a sigh and says, I can't. I can't do it. I can't stand it. I can't carry the burden. I can't stand the pressure. I can't live in this in the stress. That's a favorite word in our day, isn't it? People talk about a, a stressful time. Stressed out is, a, is a, an expression that has come into use in the last decade or so. And so you're saying, I can't. I can't stand this constant hassle with the uh, employer or employees or relatives or neighbors or whatever it may be. I can't. Well, join the group. I suppose every human being that has ever lived has faced certain situations, certain relationships, certain challenges that are absolutely impossible to cope with. What do you do about it? Well, you can fight it vainly or you can run away from it equally vainly. You don't run away from your troubles because you bring yourself with you <laughs> wherever you go. Or you can blame other people. Lots of folk do that. Blame other people, but that doesn't fix anything. It just sort of lifts the blame from one point to another. Or you can retire into your shell and be cynical and bitter for the rest of your life, and that doesn't do anything for you either. 
But you come now to the realization that the Holy Spirit of God works in you. And anything worthy of eternity, God does it. It is God which worketh in you. Philippians 2.13 says, It is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. He gives you the want to, and then he implements his will through you. What a blessed combination that is. He gives you the want to. He gives you the desire that is in line with his perfect plan, and then he implements that desire through you, through the indwelling Holy Spirit of God. Hallelujah for that. That's great. Well, equally important is this concept. Any change in your character or personality, he has to make it. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and uh, temperance. Against such there is no law. Now, that passage from Galatians, that's Galatians 5.22 that I just quoted for you. You know, don't you, that that's preceded by a list of the works, what Paul calls the, the works of the flesh. Now, see, the contrast, the contrast is what you and I are capable of producing by trying. The works of the flesh. First of all, there's moral breakdown, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness. Then there's religious breakdown, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation. Then there's social breakdowns, wrath, strife, seditions, and heresies, that's religion again. And then there are personal breakdowns, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings. You break down at every level, at the moral level, the societal level, the ethical level, and your own inner personal life. Anything you try on your own is going to break down. You try to be nice, you'll get tired of being nice and revert to your old nasty self. You try to forgive and you find it impossible because you've been hurt too deeply. You try to be holy, but you find it impossible because you get tired of upholding such a high standard and finally just give up and sag into your old ways. Works of the flesh only lead to breakdown in the strategic areas of life. Paul said to Timothy, Be thou an example of the believer in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Word means what you say. Conversation is an old English word meaning lifestyle, how you live. Uh, charity is our, uh, uh, our concept of Calvary love. It's uh, the word agape, Calvary love, the John 3.16 kind of love. Uh, and uh, faith is a direct wire to God, and spirit is the atmosphere around you, your personality. And purity is the quality of living holy. Every one of these things is impossible apart from the working of God in your life. But you can be an example of what a believer really is as the Holy Spirit of God works in you. He shall be in you, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all, said Paul. Any change in your character or personality. Well, by the way, do you believe that a person can change after the years have gone by? We know that children can be trained and, and their habits can be modified. We know that young people as well can be influenced in a way that they will change. But after a person passes, what should we say, 40 or 50 or 60 or 70, is there much chance of change then? Generally not. People don't change much on their own. 
person who who was careless with the truth at twenty is still going to have to you have to read the fine print at at seventy. You know, a person who had a bad temper at twenty may still be subject to the futile rages of the old, but the temper is still there. He doesn't get very far in getting angry anymore, but but still there. And a person who was the office wolf at at 20 uh, still has that look in his or her eye uh, at 70 or 80. Strange, people don't change on their own much. But the fact is, and I'm glad this is so, that God works in you. He works his will in your personality. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance, faithfulness. See? God will make a difference in your life if you want him to. That's the point upon which we're going to conclude this little broadcast today. Do you want to be any different? If you do, the indwelling Holy Spirit of God will make the difference. Now we come back to this the next time we get together and we'll just sort of wrap it up and then go on in uh, uh, this passage. Dear Heavenly Father, how we love thee and make some good changes in our lives today, I ask in Jesus' name, amen. Till I meet you once again by way of radio, walk with the King today and be a blessing.